0: welcome to the bravo papers a safe space for all us bravo fans who love to analyze deconstruct and talk about our favorite bravo shows ad nauseum there's no such thing as over analyzing or reading too much into your favorite bravo shows and bravo liberties here so join me bravo and botox as i find the depth amongst the shallow to the Bravo papers. Today we are going to be diving into part 2 of my Bravo paper, The People of Summer House versus Lindsay Hubbard. We're going to be going deeper into the background of the house dynamics, and if you listened to part 1, you would have gone on the journey with me through seasons 3 and 4. And today I'm going to be going through seasons five and six and then talking about the most recent season. If you haven't listened to the first part yet, what are you waiting for? Go listen. It's up there. It's ready to go. It's good to start from the jump because then you can kind of get the consistency of the storyline and the consistency of all the behaviors and incidences and conflicts. Now, before we get into that, just a couple quick things. First of all, thank you everyone who listened and has already listened to and downloaded my special Bravo Breaking News episode about Maurizio and Kyle. I got a lot of action on that episode, Um, was up late working on it. So it came out like 11.59. I just made it to the July 3rd date that I had on it, but I didn't want to re-record when I was talking about the date. Because I didn't think the editing would take me as long as it did, but it did. Um, So thank you all. Thank you all for downloading it, for commenting, for liking, all that good stuff. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe. Please share the podcast. Tell someone, a friend, a family member, a coworker, a babysitter, a dog walker, whoever you can tell, tell them. All right, so let's get right into it. If you remember, we left off at the end of season four. And at the end of season four, you know, we had kind of the usual reunion dynamics where, you know, it's a little bit confusing because sometimes it seems like people are getting along with Paige, you know, at, or sorry, with Lindsay at the finale party or towards the end of the season. They've all kind of you know, they've come to an agreement of some kind and they seem to be cool. And then we get into the reunion and we sort of see like a flip. So coming from the season four reunion, we're going into season five, which is the COVID season. That was like literally what I put on my header: COVID season. Now, if you remember, the last season was all about Hannah kind of being into Luke and is or is he not a fuck boy? Is he messing around with her, etc.? And at the beginning of this season, we launch right into Hannah telling us that she's upset at Lindsay for trying to hook Danielle and Luke up at a New Year's party. Um, Now, Lindsay says she wasn't a part of that, which I mean, right from the jump, I'm a little like, why? I don't understand why that's Lindsay's fault and not Danielle's fault. Like, is Danielle a child? Isn't she a grown adult? Why is that? Like, I understand that it was Lindsay's New Year's party, but does that mean she's responsible for every hookup? Now, Hannah says that Lindsay was encouraging her, but Hannah wasn't there. So she's kind of just going by, like, word of mouth. And Lindsay says, does say, like I I already said, she wasn't part of it. Danielle says in her confessional that she tried to make out with Luke. She was into him. And when they kissed... He pulled away and said no because he's still hung up on his ex. So if you remember from season four, he did have some ex that he had like a really serious relationship to that he was going to propose to and all this stuff, so you know, it seems like he's kind of using that either as an excuse or he's really hung up on her. Lindsay at this point is pissed, (laughs) so we've got, you know, some conflict coming right into the beginning of the season. And she's mad because Hannah's been talking about her on her podcast. So we know, you know, Hannah has her podcast and um, Burning in Hell or whatever it was called. I don't know if she still has that one. I know she has Giggly Squad. But she's been also, you know, in interviews on other podcasts talking about Lindsay, basically saying Lindsay treated her like a minion in season four. Now, If I remember correctly in season four, yes, Lindsay did try, and I do remember correctly, by the way, uh, Lindsay did try to pull Hannah over to share the same opinion as her, which was just do what you want with Luke. And why are all these other girls getting involved and having so many strong opinions? Because that was like, you know, Hannah was fighting a lot with Paige and Amanda about her relationship with Luke. And Lindsay didn't understand that. So yeah, so Lindsay's not happy about that. I guess she could spin it like Lindsay was treating her like a minion. I just think it's that she had a different opinion. Like, I could make the same argument about Paige and Amanda. Like, they were like, we say Luke sucks, and since you don't comply and you keep chasing him, you know, we're gonna be mad at you. So, I mean... She was kind of getting pulled between both sides, and who whoever you think was right about Luke and about the involvement of friends with their friends' relationships, that's a matter of opinion. Meanwhile, Hannah says she's not mad at Danielle though, because this was all Lindsay's fault. Okay. And again, just to go back to the most recent season of like, you know, Lindsay never sticks up for Danielle or whatever. Ugh. Like, no, she's not sticking up for Danielle, but she is kind of taking the blame for some weird reason. Again, I feel like Danielle literally takes no heat this season for this topic. Like, this whole season, Danielle takes no heat for trying to make out with Luke or nothing. And Lindsay takes it all. And I think it's because Lindsay is kind of the star of the show. And that's what's really going on. And that's kind of the elephant in the room that needs to be talked about. These girls are always going after Lindsay because she's the star of the show. That's it. It's all about a competition about who's going to be the queen of Summer House. And I do think that the other girls are kind of annoyed that it's Lindsay. I think they have it in their heads. We're cooler than her. We're prettier than her. We have better fashion. Like I really think that that's what especially Amanda and Paige see. And Hannah has clearly, you know, kind of chosen to latch on to Amanda and Paige more at this point. Amanda and Paige are still annoyed by Hannah being into Luke this season. So that storyline is still going. Meanwhile, you know, Luke has been hanging out with Sierra at the same time and he's bringing her to the house. So if you remember that at the beginning of the COVID season, it was like, whoa, who's this like hot girl that he's bringing in? So Hannah does admit that her and Luke have never defined their relationship and that they haven't slept together. Um, Hannah and Lindsay, they do talk it out, like right from the first episode. And Hannah basically says, you know, she said everything that she said because Lindsay is scary. And, you know, Lindsay says, isn't it better, you know, to have a friend like me who says things to your face than to later on see that I'm talking shit behind your back? And Hannah's like yeah I don't know right and they both just kind of laugh but and again this is what I said on part one this is the big difference between these girls is that Lindsay is more of a like in your face when she has a conflict and the other girls are more of a behind your back type of conflict and Hannah's kind of in the middle like she can go either way and I think that's why she does kind of get push pull to both sides So, when Sierra comes in, we meet Sierra, and I thought this was really funny that she says this episode one I'm not a girl's girl. I get along with guys. Okay, duly noted. I just think that that's interesting considering how much Sierra jumps on the like, let's go after Lindsay for not being a girl's girl, you know, when the whole thing goes down with Austin later. I mean, Sierra says that about herself out of her own mouth. Now, when Sierra gets into the house, Hannah is acting like so desperate to be Sierra's friend. It's kind of embarrassing. And and again, here we go with, you know the type of friends some of these girls are. Paige and Amanda immediately talk shit about this. They say it's awkward, it's cringe. They say this in confessionals, by the way, and to each other, and it's fine. Like it's, to me, that's like light shade, it's snarky. It's, you know, it's kind of like what a lot of the housewives do. To me, that's not a huge deal, but it seems to be the only way that they deal with this kind of stuff until it blows up later. So Sierra confesses to Hannah that her and Luke talked every day last summer. Hannah's obviously upset. And Luke says, you know, in his confessional, he says, Hannah and I, you know, we talk all the time, but Sierra is beautiful inside and out. Um, Okay, so does that mean that Hannah's not beautiful inside and out? (laughs) I don't know what else. I mean, if he hadn't just said, Hannah and I, we talk all the time, it wouldn't seem like a comparison, but it kind of did. So that's a little awkward. Um, Anyways, it is clear to anyone except Hannah that Luke is not wanting like a more serious relationship now I do think that Luke strung Hannah along this season or leading up to the season because like when you're talking to someone every single day I mean what are they gonna think as annoying as Hannah was this season she did have the right to feel let on okay but on the other side She also didn't have the right to make it 100% Luke's fault because she was also doing her own stuff on the side, which we will talk about later. So in episode three, this is when, if you remember in this season, everyone comes back to the house and it's sort of like, how is this going to work because of COVID? So instead of doing the, um, the weekends at the summer house like they used to do, instead they are doing six weeks straight. I think it was six weeks, something like that. And Lindsay has a serious boyfriend who she started dating in the previous season named Steven, who I think they call Stravy sometimes. And Steven's there too. He's coming in and everyone is working as well. So it's a little bit of a weird dynamic because they're all doing work from home. So it's not just like the usual partying and they also can't have as many people to the house and, you know, all that stuff. So... In episode three, the girls sit in bed and they gossip basically about Lindsay and how she's 34 and she's trying to make it work because she wants to get married and have kids, which that's fine. But then they bet on how much longer her and Steven will last, which this is the kind of stuff that I can understand that if I was Lindsay and then I watched the season back and saw this, I'd be like, you know, like, what the fuck? Like, why do you guys have to do that? Uh, But again, you know... I would still file that under like light shade and kind of the point of the show and not that big of a deal. Um, you know I don't think like Lindsay's like a victim of or anything in that case but it's all these little things when they kind of add up together that sort of create this kind of toxic group dynamic. So in episode five um, there's a big fight about Hannah over cleaning and trash because now that they're spending this much time together they really have to like upkeep the house and they actually have to do you know consistent daily chores and they're not going to be having like cleaning crews coming in and extra people coming in and out the house with COVID during one of the fights Kyle is upset to be fair he's not yelling you know because that whole season I think one of the reasons people got annoyed too was that Hannah was always being like men yelling at me men yelling at me and there were some yelling moments yes but this wasn't one of them So Kyle's upset. Hannah's actually the one who's yelling at Kyle during this first one, this first fight during episode five, sorry. Kyle does eventually raise his voice and yell back, but again, to be fair, Hannah does start this first, and they get into this big fight. Hannah storms up. Amanda's upset, and as Hannah walks away, Amanda loses her temper and throws a hard plastic cup that is full, as confirmed by Paige, at her. Okay, so I want to stop here for a sec. That's now two examples of Amanda throwing objects or smashing something. So she had that thing that she brought into the kitchen when she lost her temper and hit it on the counter and broke it. And now we have her actually throwing a cup, a full hard plastic cup, and that's not me describing it as that. That's how Paige describes it, her bestie, at someone. So, I don't understand why is it that when we're on the most recent seasons, the only person who's spoken about, like, they're, like, this scary, angry woman who's, like, aggressive and this, that, the other, it's always only Lindsay. It's, like, I'm just saying, it's, like, the more you say someone is something, the more people will believe it, even if it isn't rooted in actual facts. It's similar to Katie on Vanderpump Rules. The more people just love saying Katie's the bully, Katie, Tequila Katie, like, and Schwartz did a great job with that. He gave her a label. She's the mean, controlling Tequila Katie girlfriend, and she was not able to shake it off. Even though if you actually go back and watch Vanderpump Rules, she doesn't have any more or less, you know, angry moments than anyone else on the cast. And there are a lot of other cast members who also send angry, rude texts including Schwartz. And Schwartz says just as many disgusting things to her. And I would fiercely argue that his are all worse. So it's funny, like, I feel like this Lindsay label got put on her towards the beginning because she is, like, I'm not saying Lindsay's not like an intense person and that she's not quick to anger. She is. All that is true. But it's sort of like when she does it, everyone loves to talk about it and amplify it because she's kind of the star of the show and she's become sort of like a scapegoat for people like oh we can fall back on this because Lindsay doesn't subscribe to our you know group think and to our she doesn't fit in with our clique so you know she's we're just going to pick apart everything she does I I feel like Lindsay is kind of like the bitch eating crackers to Paige and her clique (laughs) if you know that term Um, it's like when you don't like someone and everything they do annoys me, annoys you, sorry. So it's like, oh, look at that bitch over there eating crackers. Like even like just the way that they do the smallest, most insignificant thing, you can find something wrong with it. And I do think that that is what has happened. And like, I don't even, I don't fully blame Paige and them for that because at the end of the day, they're in this weird situation where they're forced into this house and maybe they're just not the type of girls who would have meshed in real life and who would have stayed friends and that's fine not everybody has to be friends and get along but at the same time i do think it's wrong to be sort of trying to paint someone with these broad strokes despite all this the hannah and amanda fight really does cause like a break in the kind of friendship clique yeah so it's a little bit sorry i it's really embarrassing when you don't understand your own note but (laughs) so i put basically The group, like Amanda, Paige, etc., they like to act like they are the most functional, but really they're not. Like, we had to watch them fight all of season four and now all of season five, which is fine. That's what I'm watching the show for, is for conflicts and drama, but also the fun, drunken antics, right? But again, like, let's not act like one person is the problem for everything. So the way Amanda and Hannah are crying over this like cleaning argument. It's kind of embarrassing. Paige does describe it as a tad aggressive. So the throwing of a cup full of a full cup at someone is a tad aggressive. But if Lindsay raises her voice once in season three, it's like she's a monster. I'm just anyways. So episode six, it's Lindsay's birthday. And her and Stravi, they break up over dinner. So it's clear that things aren't going well. And, you know, I think Paige and them did have a point when they were saying, like, you know, Lindsay, she's 34. She really wants a relationship. She might be trying to make it work, even though it's not the best fit for her. Sierra's on the phone with a friend. And she says how she can be down there singing happy birthday. And he's distraught. Because I guess Stravi left and Lindsay is basically like having fun, still celebrating her birthday and Stravi's gone and he's like really upset, you know, so Sierra's just kind of like getting the lay of the land, I guess, a little bit. And I think maybe Sierra's a little taken aback by how quick Lindsay can keep it moving. And I think that's another thing that sometimes the other girls can't mesh with is because, you know, they like to maybe analyze things and talk about them a little more. And again, I think that's just a difference of personalities. So the weekend comes and Kyle Danielle, Lindsay, and Luke, they want to have fun and they want to party. But Paige, etc, really just want to lie in bed and watch TV. So we have a little bit of a difference of like how things are gonna play out during this quarantine. But since it's the weekend, the people who are working the more traditional kind of nine to five hours, etc, like they want to party. Meanwhile, the bed sore girls or whatever you want to call them, you know, their reputation for that is rising. This was really the season where their reputation for being in bed all the time got solidified. However, the other people start partying anyways and Paige and Hannah ask them to turn down the music. So they get kind of annoyed at how loud it is, and the people who are partying and having drinks, you know, they kind of make a comment like, "Oh, Paige, Hannah and Sierra just stay in bed." And Kyle says they're so boring, and on top of that, they don't help with any of the chores. So yeah, Kyle does talk a lot of shit behind Hannah and Paige's back, and they discuss how he should just say it to their face. So I think Hannah and Paige actually say that. Like, they're like, you know what? If Kyle has something to say, just say it to us. But like, isn't that what Lindsay was saying all last season? Like all of season four, she was saying, you know, stop shit-talking Hannah and how she's handling Luke and just say it to her. And now all of a sudden they're on that train. So anyways... Episode 8, Hannah says she got a message from a psychic saying that Lindsay and Luke slept together. I mean, this, this was insane. We knew it was insane at the time when they tried to pull this, but looking back on it, it's even crazier. Now, listen, I am no stranger to psychic storylines on Housewives and Bravo. We love them, right? But this was like, we didn't even get to see the psychic. It wasn't like they set it up on camera because they couldn't because of COVID, first of all. So it was just like, Hannah's like, I got a DM. And I guess the cast kind of says like, oh, they get DMs from random psychics who probably want to do readings and like, you know, we're probably trying to get a following and get paid. And Hannah's kind of like, oh, well, this is like a psychic that I know who messages me all the time. And she's always right. And honestly, though, Paige and Hannah run with this message from the psychic like they take it as fact it's crazy yes Luke and Lindsay they flirt I am not denying that I could see why I could see why Hannah's antenna would go up like she might get a little jealous because they flirt a lot I mean Lindsay does flirt with everyone and Luke does try to flirt with a lot of girls but still they still flirt but during the girls' night, so then they have a girls' night. Nothing really comes of the whole psychic thing at this point, but they have a girls' night and basically Lindsay defends Luke and because Sierra and Hannah are continually shit-talking him the whole night. Like, I can't believe he dated both of us at the same time and things like that. Anyways, so later after that, So I guess the girls kind of take it like, oh, Lindsay's defending him because she likes him, because she slept with him, because, right, so they're really, like, putting together and writing their own narrative just from this psychic thing. Now, I don't really think there ever was a psychic. I think they just suspected that maybe something happened with Lindsay and Luke, which, by the way, would mean that Lindsay would have to have cheated on her boyfriend. But I think they just needed a way to bring it up, and maybe they learned from, you know, Miss Tamara Judge, who used the psychic to bring up Brooks faking cancer. I don't know. Anyways, so later in the kitchen, they ask Luke about it. Lindsay's not there. And Luke looks shocked that they asked him that. And he wants to know why they're even asking. And Paige is like, well, if you didn't do it, wouldn't you just say no? And he's like, well, I want to know why you would even ask that. Like, it's just crazy. Page, Hannah, and Amanda basically from this start a campaign to try and make it this like a thing. Like they're like, we're going to prove they're having sex. And it's, it's very frustrating because they talk about it like fact and they already start kind of judging Lindsay and Luke as though they've done it when they don't even know yet if it's happened, which is very strange, right? And this is the thing where, and a lot of people on Twitter and social media pointed this out in the more recent season was that people talking about like made up storylines and things like that and people were like well what about you know when Paige and Hannah brought up the the psychic thing and Paige's defense was that was Hannah but I just watched it yes Hannah is the one who says she got the DM but Paige and Hannah together are equally involved Paige asks Luke Paige is the one who talks about it more in her confessionals And Paige talks about how, oh, the way that they flirt and she's the one who cross examines Luke and she's the one who says we're going to prove it. Like, it's very messed up that she didn't take any responsibility for that. So they do tell Lindsay and she's pissed, especially because she just broke up with Steven three days ago. And Lindsay says, the reason that they're doing this is because I didn't invite Hannah to my New Year's Eve party. So Lindsay had that New Year's Eve party where she tried, where Danielle tried to hook up with Luke. And I guess Hannah thinks that that was done because this was all like Lindsay's master plan to hook up Danielle and Luke. Whereas Lindsay says, no, I did that because you were talking shit about me on podcasts. That's why I didn't invite you. And then the Danielle and Luke thing just happened. So I guess Lindsay's thinking this is kind of their revenge, um, which could be true. Amanda, you know, she she does take part in this. But then she says, and this is like Amanda's MO, she always does this. She's like, "I have to t- walk away from shit talking when Hannah, Sierra, and Paige are talking about it." She does this a lot. Like there was way too many times where Hannah would be a part of not Hannah, I'm sorry. Amanda would be a part of a group gossiping or she would even start a conflict and then she walks away. I remember I saw someone tweet about that once and I was like, oh, is that true? Like, I've seen her do it maybe once, but now that I did this rewatch, I'm like, yeah, she does that a lot. Um, then they all kind of, like, snicker, they gossip, and they're like, oh, you know, is it safe to go up there? I'm not going near Lindsay. Like, well, yeah, because they're, like, scared of her. Yeah, you're the one who made up a rumor about her based on a fake psychic that messaged you on Instagram, which probably didn't even happen. So, yeah, of course she's going to be mad. But now, like, this is classic gaslighting. They start a rumor and a lie up that would imply that Lindsay cheated on her boyfriend and slept with a guy that her friend is talking to. And on top of that, now that she's mad, they're like, ooh, calm down, Lindsay. Why are you so mad? What a psycho. Like, it is just classic gaslighting. By the end of the episode, Lindsay and Luke do start flirting. At this point though this is when hannah has coupled up with dez that comedian guy who's like kind of weird um you know sierra's really into carl at this point so at this point it's like what's the issue and Lindsay has broken up with Stravi, so they do a pub crawl on this episode too and the pub crawl is like they each decorate their room like a different state and then they all go to different to visit and have different drinks because obviously they can't do a real pub crawl because of COVID. Carl actually gets frustrated because everyone is still gossiping about Luke and he feels like it's unfair, which I agree with him. And Luke does approach Sierra and he tries to figure things out. And, you know, it's clear that at this point that they're just going to be friends. However, Carl also kind of feels like Luke is still playing games and kind of like being immature and and he calls him a fuck boy and I guess Carl kind of feels like he can relate as well like he's like okay this is the kind of stupid stuff that I used to do before I got sober and before I tried to clean up my act at this point Carl is not a hundred percent sober yet he's like He's declared for the audience and the house that he's going to be drinking less, but he's not 100% sober. So in episode nine, this is when Stravi, Lindsay's ex, shows up and he makes the quote unquote grand gesture for Lindsay to try and get her back. And Lindsay has no idea. And Stravi set it up with Kyle. So Kyle kind of helped her and Amanda in her confessional and to Kyle complains that Lindsay has stolen her thunder because it's the two-year anniversary of when her and kyle got engaged so she's annoyed because she thought the night should be all about them okay first okay two things number one that's not a thing you don't get an engage anniversary, and you don't get like a special trophy Because you got engaged and and then a pandemic happened. So now you've been engaged for a really long time. Like, what does she want? Like an engagement participation trophy? Sorry. That's ridiculous. Like there's... I'm sorry. There's no such thing. A couple can celebrate that together. Like, oh, remember this five years ago when we got engaged and what a great night it was. But like to expect that everyone in the house cannot do something special with their significant other or have their own dinner, like... Lindsay and Strabby, they have their own private dinner. They're not, like, making everyone else attend. And Lindsay didn't know about it. Kyle's the one who set it up. Yet Amanda's not mad at Kyle, only mad at Lindsay, which makes zero sense. And it's also just, like, I don't know if it's because her wedding got delayed, but there's a lot of, like, bridezilla tendencies happening with Amanda this season. And, And, like, she's not even a bride yet, and everything's on hold, but... God, she wants everything to be about her. I'll get more into that later. So, Stravy and Lindsay decide to get back together and that they're going to take it slow. And then on the boat day, they're kissing. And while Strav and Lindsay are kissing, Paige, Amanda, and Sierra kind of gossip about how for them, it would take more than flowers and candles to get them back into a relationship with a guy, is basically what they say. Right. So, almost kind of implying that, you know, is first of all Lindsay should explain why her and Stravi are getting back together like it's like they want to know but I mean which I guess that's fine like but just ask her like ask her like what made you want to make this decision it's also kind of rude like it's sort of implying that you know oh she's so desperate and pathetic that she'll just take him back just with flowers and candles And this is another thing that has always kind of that I think has contributed to the downfall of this show is there's always been a little bit of an attitude from this group, especially as they grew, which is that they're kind of like they sort of have like this pretty girl syndrome where they think that, you know, they are like this top notch type of girl that's like hard to get and that who could have any guy they wanted. And then they try to kind of paint Danielle and Lindsay and other girls sometimes as like these kind of desperate, pathetic girls. And there's always like, I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying that's the kind of tone I often sense from them. So in episode 11, they have the Kentucky Derby contest. Amanda and Lindsay lose and Lindsay chooses Paige as her jockey um, because they'd already agreed to it earlier because basically they're going to like Lindsay has to like dress up like a horse <laughs> and Paige is the jockey and just has to like you know pretend she's riding her basically um, Paige had already agreed to it and like you know is laughing and they're all having a good time but then Amanda's like no I was the number one loser so I get Paige and like steals Paige so Lindsay's like oh okay I'll, I'll choose Sierra which like that is <laughs> it's so stupid like it is so so stupid. Like why did Amanda do that? Like why don't you just pick someone else? I it makes no sense. Maybe try to get to know Sierra. She's right there as well. But it's like that is such a mean girl move. Like I don't care what anyone says or thinks. That is such a mean girl move. Meanwhile, Hannah and Dez, you know, Dez has shown up. He's been allowed into the summer house he's much older him and Hannah are like obsessed with each other and Paige and Amanda and Sierra co-sign this um and they're kind of like there's like some underlying tension like oh she doesn't hang out with us they wish she would you know but then they're like oh that's just how Hannah is when she's with a new guy which I mean Lindsay did not get this grace on the most recent season when her and Carl were are in their honeymoon phase not at all but they're like, oh, okay, Hannah's in the honeymoon phase. So Lindsay asks if Hannah and Des are official. They say yes. She gives them high fives and says, congrats. And she seems like truly happy for him. So in the finale, everyone is getting drunk and kind of acting a fool. Lindsay's definitely hammered. Everyone is like daring each other to do stupid shit, basically. Um, including like Kyle to kiss someone. He kisses Robert. So this is when, by this time, Danielle and Robert are dating or in a more serious relationship. Kyle says, show your areola as a joke. But Lindsay's hammered, so she actually flashes her nipple quickly and everyone laughs. Paige and Amanda take off into the room and whisper in the bathroom. But the cameras, I mean, the mics obviously pick it up. How many times has Lindsay shown her areola this summer? And then Amanda says, if she gets engaged at my fake wedding, I will be so pissed. (laughs) so okay this is something I really think that the crux of a lot of the arguments and fights on this show between Amanda and Lindsay are a timeline war I think that Amanda and I said this on the last one and it's even further reinforced after watching these seasons Amanda wants to be the first one to get married, the first one to get engaged, the first one to buy a house, the first one to have the baby. She wants to do it on camera first. She wants it all. Okay. And Lindsay wants it all too. I don't think she necessarily cares about first. I think she just wants it because she's getting older and, you know, she wants to have kids and that kind of thing. And because she's kind of like a hopeless romantic and a little bit like crazy when it comes to finding a relationship so they both want it bad but for different reasons but amanda really sees it as like a competition when it really isn't but again like they're going to be having like a fake wedding because because of covid they haven't been able to have their real wedding and it keeps getting delayed so they're gonna have a fake wedding just for fun and amanda's like actually like oh if she gets engaged at my fake wedding i'm gonna be so pissed like what Amanda, it's not a real wedding. Newsflash. Second of all, if she got for real engaged at your pretend wedding that, like, by the way, six-year-olds have pretend weddings for fun, you're going to be mad about that. Okay. Okay. So, and I can give a little bit of leeway, I guess, because they're all drinking and whatever, but I mean, it's it's weird. So, so far this season... Before we get into the reunion, those are all the things I pulled out of season five. There was a lot of other stuff, but it wasn't super significant towards, you know, why everyone is so like anti Lindsay. Now, most of it was Hannah and Luke stuff. That was like a huge drama. And then there was a lot of stuff about, you know, Hannah and Dez and, you know, they have sex in Kyle's bathroom and people being mad about that. So, We'll get into that a little bit more at the reunion, but to be fair, Lindsay has not gotten involved with any of the drama that went on between Paige, Hannah, and Amanda, or or inserted her opinion. She's been completely wrapped up in the Stravi drama the whole season, which that is kind of the theme. Like, as I've rewatched, I've noticed that Lindsay's usually so wrapped up in a boy, whichever boy it might be that it's almost like she doesn't have enough space on her plate to fit the dramas with the girls. She can fit them sometimes in like small doses where she'll have like, you know, uh, a quick argument that's like one episode, but then she's so back into like whatever guy she's into, she's moved along. Whereas the girls, yes, they have their guy drama too, the other girls, but they'll get into these more like long drawn out fights that are almost like psychological warfare (laughs) within their group so like paige and amanda get into like big fights with hannah this season um you know this is when um you know paige gets asked to be a bridesmaid and hannah doesn't and they talk about how like she's been neglecting them all summer because of her relationship with Mm dez and they get into fights about that and then they had fights about luke like You know, so they kind of have their own issues going on within the group. And to me, like, I don't know, their dynamic seems like Lindsay's obviously not great with relationships and with men. You know, obviously her and Carl are a good couple and she's chosen a good guy. But along the way, she's also chosen a lot of guys that were not great and she's come on a little too strong maybe with men and I think that she has sometimes driven them away or at other times she's maybe sabotaged relationships right like self-sabotage whereas you know the girls they are they have more trouble with their own dynamics within their own group and I think what they do to kind of distract themselves from that sometimes is they sort of target somebody outside the group so at the reunion For season five. You know they talk a little bit about relationships, dynamics in the group going forward and Paige actually says that the door isn't closed on Carl and never will be. She was dating Perry that season and he was like more serious about her and wanted to get engaged but you could tell that Paige was not that into it and it kind of seemed like she was still into Carl during the season Sierra definitely is. Like Sierra says more than once that she thinks Carl's the hottest guy in the house. She's into him, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that's just something to keep in mind. Because, you know, when we get into the more recent seasons where he ends up with Lindsay, that could be part of the reason why the girls aren't that supportive of it. I do, and I kind of thought this, I do with uh, Danielle and Lindsay, I do think there's a little bit of competition of like who's going to land Carl. All right. So the psychic topic comes up. Hannah tries to say it was just a joke, but everyone jumps on her because it just clearly wasn't. Even Kyle is like, that you were not saying that as a joke. Now, everyone is kind of coming for Hannah at this reunion. Like, I would say that Hannah is like the number one enemy at this reunion, not Lindsay. But Paige stands by Hannah as a friend. Paige does defend her by saying, well, she defends herself because Lindsay's like, well, you were a part of that, too. And Paige says, I wasn't trying to destroy your character. I just wanted to know if you had sex with Luke. And Lindsay responds, okay, so that means you said I cheated. And Paige says, well, the psychic didn't give a timeline. The psychic wasn't real. That's what's pissing me off. Like, I I just wanted to scream through the TV. Like, the psychic thing was made up because you and Hannah thought if you brought it up, you might be able to get one of them to admit it if it is true. So it wasn't even real. Like, this is crazy, this whole conversation. Danielle says that basically she looks at Paige and the girls and says, what you call gossip, I call shit talking. And Paige says, well, I won't stop doing it. Okay. So, I mean, you know, she's showing us and telling us who she is. Amanda and Hannah at this point are basically no longer friends because Amanda says she doesn't support me and Kyle. And everyone is kind of on board with this, which I think is very interesting, because it is the same scenario as Lindsay and Carl, right? Lindsay's like, if this friend is not going to be supportive of the person I've chosen to marry, have children with, and spend my life with, then maybe we can't be friends. Everyone supports Amanda in this choice. And however, when Lindsay makes that choice, they're all team Danielle. So again, I do think a lot of the decisions and the kind of moral compasses that some of the girls make, namely Paige, Amanda, etc., are based on just disliking Lindsay rather than logic or what the actual situation calls for. Now, no one even thought it was mean for Hannah to not be asked to be a bridesmaid, You know, last season, Hannah and Amanda were referring to each other as best friends. They were crying and hugging. And now people are like, no, it's not mean. So it just kind of shows you like how quick Paige and others will just like turn on someone depending on the situation and what benefits them. So to me, that season was sort of like a precursor to a lot that's going to happen in season six, which is more significant. Um, because season six is where we get into the whole, the Austin of it all, which is the craziest kind of conflict that separates the group. So up until this point, you know, clearly there is a divide. There's like Lindsay, Danielle, and, you know, the guys who are kind of fluctuate with their opinions and who they're friends with. And then, you know, Sierra is newer, so she wasn't really like super involved with all that stuff, but she did start gravitating towards Paige and Amanda. Now, Hannah was sort of in the middle, even though she was kind of going after Lindsay a little bit with the Luke thing. But at the end of the day, she ended up being more in the middle because she was fighting with Paige and Amanda as well. However, Hannah gets kicked off. So after season five, because Hannah was like the least popular cast member. The audience was so sick of her, everyone wanted her off the show. So once Hannah left, there was no there wasn't really like a middle ground person anymore. So it kind of this is when it really gets solidified as like Lindsay and Danielle versus all the other girls. So just as a precursor to season 6, we have Winter House. And I'm not going to be going through everything that happened on Winter House, but couple things we need to know. Lindsay and Austin had a thing leading up to Winterhouse, okay? But when Austin came into Winterhouse, he ends up sort of ditching Lindsay and going for Sierra. That was the season that Lindsay tells Austin that she's in love with him. And he's like, ah, I'm not there yet, or I'm not there at all, I guess. And then eventually he gets to know Sierra. He meets Sierra and he's sort of like ditches Lindsay. And a Lindsay, Lindsay is annoyed because she feels like she had, you know, first dibs on him and that him and her had like a thing going for a while leading up to Winterhouse. and then he just, you know, ditched her really quickly as soon as he met this new girl. So just keep that in mind, that's what happens between seasons five and six. Then in season six, um, you know, we start the season, Amanda and Lindsay seem to have made up. They are seemingly close at the beginning of the season. In the first episode, we see them kiss on the lips and they're like close friends and they seem kind of, you know, like affectionate. And Kyle starts going on about how Amanda is pressuring him to buy a house and have kids, but they're not financially ready. Amanda looks pissed when she sees him say this or hears him say this and she yells at him to shut up. (laughs) So again, you know, it's clear that Amanda is really, she's on that wedding timeline, right? Like she wants the wedding, she wants the house, she wants the kids. And I think that she wants it even faster than she normally would have because she wants to make sure that she's the first to do it on the show. Honestly, like a lot of it is about the show. Um, Because I do think that a lot of them feel like it'll be less special if they're not the first to do it. I mean, people feel that way in real life when they're not on a TV show where there's half a million people watching or whatever. So you can imagine how amplified that would get when you're on a show and you've got the audience and you've got a million followers on Instagram and, 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 right? You want to, I want to be in People magazine. I want this. I want that. Like, whatever. Anyways. So Lindsay gets Amanda a birthday gift at the house. It's Amanda's birthday and she gives her her first gift, which is a pogo stick. And Amanda starts jumping on it and Lindsay starts like a chant or a cheer for Amanda and everyone joins in. So the reason I'm telling you this is just to show you that they are on good terms. And I actually think that Lindsay and Amanda have always had the potential for a good friendship, but it gets ruined by the other girls because Amanda, she's too easy to manipulate And she gets like she gives in to other people so easily and their opinions and also just her kind of jealous tendencies with being the first to want to get married. If it wasn't for those things, I think they would have a good friendship. Lindsay asks Austin, who hooked up with, quote unquote, Kristen, which we all remember this, right? So at this point, we know that Paige is dating Craig or they're, you know, talking to each other, whatever you want to call it. Um, But they're not exclusive or official yet. Austin tells Lindsay that it's not him, it's actually Craig. And with the whole Craig thing, you know, Lindsay does bring this up on camera. And then when Paige confronts Craig about it, he deflects. You know, he yells about how Lindsay sucks, Lindsay's always sucked, whatever. Initially, Paige is not mad at Lindsay because she's really too wrapped up in being upset at the whole Craig thing, which is how it should have stayed, because, I mean, he's the one who did it. Anyways, he knows he's in the public eye, and he knows that this was probably going to get brought up. If not by Lindsay, it would have gotten brought up by someone on Southern Charm. So Paige is pissed, so she makes out with Andrea. At the same time, this is all in episodes one to three. I'm just giving you some of the main points. Lindsay tells Carl about her miscarriage and kind of announces that she's going to have her hot hub summer So that's kind of where we are to start season six. In episode four, Lindsay and Paige are, you know, they seem to be getting along. Despite some of the conflicts from the reunion, they're hanging out, they're having fun. They're alone on Paige's bed, kind of having some conversations and laughing and talking about all of the boys that Lindsay's dating. You know, Paige kind of makes a joke that she can't even keep track of Lindsay's guys. But again, it's all in good fun and they're having a good time. Her Lindsay and Danielle go out or wanting to go out to some club. Now, this is something that people have brought up to me about, you know, this is evidence that Lindsay is not welcoming to new people. So I just want to clarify this. Maya asks about coming out with her and Danielle and Lindsay says no, and it doesn't look good. She briefly kind of says she can only bring one person. However, she does explain later that she was trying to text the promoter guy at the club who got her on the list, and he wasn't replying. So she could only bring one person. Anyways, we'll come back to that later. Now, Paige confides in Lindsay that Kyle did nothing for Amanda's birthday. And then, so, you know, they are kind of like bonding over that as well, over, you know, kind of shit-talking Amanda's relationship. (laughs) So the next day they're on the beach, and this is when Lindsay confronts, doesn't confront, but comes over to Maya to apologize for not having her come to the club. She says, I could only get two on the list. I tried to call the guy, he wasn't answering. Maya says, no problem. She didn't really wanna go. And Lindsay says, yeah, you don't really ever seem like you wanna come to like the bars and stuff. And Maya says, I don't know anyone. And Lindsay and Danielle both say at the same time, and enthusiastically. We'll introduce you to people. You should come, right? So, like, I just want to kind of put to bed this whole perception that, you know, Danielle and Lindsay were never welcoming to any of the new people. They're so mean and they're so rude, right? They even flash back to Maya telling Carl that she doesn't really like to go out and do this kind of stuff. She's a homebody. She doesn't like to party. It's exhausting. Like, the list goes on and on, okay? It does look bad, when you see like Lindsay and Danielle walk out the door and Maya's like oh I guess they're going and I can't go but let's not do the revisionist history thing because they do talk it out and Maya's even like yeah it's not a big deal don't worry about it like it's but I feel like people have like somebody messaged me about that and they're like she went out and didn't invite Maya and Maya wanted to go and and I'll never forgive that and I was like really I was like that is mean Right. Like that was a message I read from someone in one of my DMs, like before I started this Bravo paper. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to pay attention to that when it comes up, because I was like, that is rude. Like, why would you, you know, Maya's new. She's trying to fit in in the house. Why would you do that? And then I watched it and I was like, yeah, it does look bad the way it's like cut and edited for sure. And I was like, if she doesn't apologize or explain this later, you know, that is mean. But then literally it was like later that episode. And Maya is not even upset. So I was like, okay, that's like, I don't know. It's a big fat nothing burger. I also want to say that at this point, Sierra is kind of into Alex, but she does say, you know, he's not assertive enough for her, but they do kiss. I'm bringing that up because it's going to be relevant later. So in episode five, Maya mentions how she's used to being around Carl and that she likes it because they can talk about their emotions. Um, her and Carl are really bonding. It's clear to me and this is before Oliver comes in the picture that she's into Carl. The amount of girls that are into Carl is like almost staggering. I mean, like he's a cute guy, I get it. I I think it's more about the change in him. I think seeing him become sober, losing his brother, like I think he's got that women feel really like sympathetic and like they want to caretake for him, they want to be there for him and that makes them feel and the fact that he's so open about talking about his emotions, the fact that he's not You know, he's basically announced to the world that he's no longer a player. Like all these things that does make a guy a lot more attractive, especially to women who are looking for a relationship. So I can kind of understand how this kind of keeps happening. Anyway, so Craig calls to talk to Paige. You can tell she's upset. She's still mad from finding out he slept with Kristen. And, you know, she keeps like just speaking of people trying to control storylines. She keeps trying to like walk away from where the cameras are. Uh, while he's talking, but obviously she's mic'd up. Um, So all of a sudden, like, you hear her being like, basically, stop talking, Craig. I'll text you. So talk about not sharing on camera. And nothing pisses me off more than when people are on a reality show and they want to get all the benefits and all the splendors that come from being on a show, including endorsements, more followers on social media, a big fat paycheck, fame, all that kind of stuff but they don't want to share anything real. Now, I'm not saying that that's Paige because I do think Paige has been forced to share a lot of real stuff, and I do think she has shared some stuff, yes, but I do think that she does try to kind of curate the narrative, but I think that they all kind of do on this show. I would say that there are some who do it more than others, okay? So I would Say that Paige, Amanda, etc., do it. Actually, maybe not as much Amanda because she's got Kyle there. And and again, he kind of forces her not to do it because he's like just he gets drunk and acts crazy. But I do think that certain people share less and are a little bit more curated. Um, so it is clear though to me, and this is what kind of pisses me off, is that it's clear that Paige doesn't care at all about Andrea, and that she's only hooking up with him to make Craig jealous. Like she literally seems like she's kind of brushing him off, and then as soon as she finds out about Craig and Kristen, she's like, "Well, there's a hot Italian here who's interested in me," and she goes and makes out with him, etc. Which, that's fine, you know. She's, you know, she's not in an exclusive relationship with Craig, and Andrea likes her, but at the same time, it's like you can't get mad at him later when he's upset about Lexi, which she does. When you're using him as well. Like, anyways. So in episode six, Kyle and Amanda are not getting along, which I think we all remember. Arguing a lot. He gets mad as he's talking to Danielle, says they only have lover boy in common. Meanwhile, Robert, Danielle's boyfriend, quit his job. He's got no income and neither does Danielle <laughs> because she's only spending because she's creating a startup and she's not bringing anything in yet. Yet, they decide that they are going to move in together. And guess what? No one judges them. No one has a comment. Lindsay doesn't judge them. She, you know, just asks some questions like, how are you feeling about that? And keeps, they all keep it moving. So I just want to say, like, for the record, if that was Lindsay and Carl doing that, like Paige, you guys don't have jobs, and everyone would have something to say. So again, it's really just because Paige, etc., they just don't like her. So Alex is interested in Sierra at this point, but he says, like, he's really not getting, you know, the vibes that she's into him, which I agree with him. Sierra also takes an opportunity to make out with Carl while he's blindfolded. They have, like, a sex party, And then she kind of spins him around and does it again. And Alex is not happy. Sierra said she loved the makeout to Paige. So, I mean, at this point, it's like Paige is no longer into Carl because she's really into Craig. But it seems like Sierra and Maya are both kind of into him. So, again, that could be why they're sort of like "Mm," later when Lindsay and Carl get together. Because I do think that they kind of thought, oh, like maybe... More Sierra than Maya, but I think they kind of, like, Sierra kind of always thought, like, oh, that door is at least open there for me, just in case I want to walk through it. Danielle tells Paige and Sierra about what Kyle said about Amanda only having lover boy in common, and the girls, you know, they all talk about it, and they're all shocked, etc. And again, like, it's sort of like this pattern of somebody else's relationship is my business, and... I'm going to make the decision about how upset Amanda should be at Kyle saying that. Now, were Amanda and Kyle a dumpster fire this season? Yes. Do their friends have maybe some rights to be concerned? Yes. But at the same time, they are adults. And again, I don't understand this whole, like, let's take it to the point that we're not even going to be happy for them and that we're going to focus on the bad and make the bad everything. And again that it could just be for storyline and for the show i understand that but at the same time it just kind of goes along with this theme of like trying to kind of put this relationship spotlight on others and i think that's a constant battle on this show is like you know let's hey everyone look at that shiny thing over here so that you don't look over there so you don't look over here right like there's a little bit of that happening so in episode 7 kyle starts complaining to robert about how everyone has an opinion about his relationship And he says, you know, when they have a front row seat to your relationship, everyone's got an opinion about it. He starts to vent about how even Danielle is getting too involved, which is interesting because we see Danielle does seem to like to get involved when people are having relationship problems. He gets cut off, though, because Danielle walks up. Meanwhile hub house is at a wedding with other friends for the last two episodes during the party carl facetimes her they say i love you to each other i mean the writing is on the wall that these two have feelings like i don't know why anyone is shocked later danielle meanwhile is out in the backyard talking to amanda and Paige and sierra about what kyle said she seems to be very much part of the group like, Lindsay's not even there, and she's hanging out with them the whole weekend and talking to them about, um, you know, Kyle and Amanda. Like, so I don't know. This whole narrative that Danielle was never friends with them and never got to know them, like, that is not what I've seen. It's really not. I also do see a lot of clues of Danielle kind of wanting to be more part of... Maybe Danielle is the one who's more left out of the other clique, and she kind of wants to be in it as well. Like, I think she kind of likes you know, I think she wants maybe the friendship with Lindsay, but also to be in with Paige and them. And she's also like, she seems like she just kind of likes the shit talking a little bit, if I'm going to be honest. Paige and the girls say they never, you know, want Amanda to feel like they're shit talking their relationship. So they want to talk to her about this, which they did not afford that same courtesy to Lindsay in the most recent season. It's clear that like Amanda, I think um, people see Amanda as being more fragile so she kind of gets handled with kid gloves a little bit when it comes to this stuff. Amanda explains clearly that yes she understands that you know Kyle says dumb stuff like that especially when he's drinking she also says that their relationship has taken a backseat to love her boy and Amanda and Kyle sort of talk about how they just want everyone to be happy for them and it's really hard that they're not and that's actually making things worse which i can see that that's exactly what carl and Lindsay were saying in the most recent season like when you when everyone wants a front row to your relationship and has these opinions about it in your own friend group and a lot of them seem like negative opinions it just makes things worse if they are bad whether they're good or bad right so it's just really funny to me how amanda and kyle have had this amnesia in the most recent season, right? It's like they went through this. So you would think they would have been a little bit more understanding. Now, they were more understanding than Paige and Sierra and Maya and all that in the most recent season, but not as much as I would have expected considering that this season, Lindsay is really supportive of Amanda and Kyle. So Sierra and Paige discuss that they're relieved and that they were worried that Amanda would be mad at them. So So they kind of acknowledge that she would have the right to be mad because they were shit talking. Um, But Amanda's not mad, you know, and it is clear that they were coming from a place of love, which that is not what we see in the Lindsay situation. At the beginning, it is. I do think that Danielle seems like she's coming more from a place of love, like at the start, like maybe the first time she mentions it. But then when it starts to get just her like shit talking about Lindsay and Carl to like Paige and all these other people, it starts to go in a bad direction where it just seems like she just wants to complain and like she's just a little jealous that they, that their relationship's going well and maybe things with her and Robert were not going well, right? So I kind of think that maybe this is what Danielle thought was going to happen, that she could have just this as like a nice storyline on the most recent season, but she played it all wrong. All right, so sorry, back to this season. So Kyle makes a speech about how people are always judging their relationship. He's drunk, it's his birthday. He's like, everyone's judging us, whatever. It's awkward, but he basically says like, till you've been in our shoes, don't judge us. And that he needs people rallying around them and not questioning them. It's a very cringe speech and it's inappropriate timing and it's weird, it makes Amanda upset. But at the same time, he kind of has a point Like, they're going through a tough time business-wise and in all these other ways. Like, and if they were more supportive, I do think that would have helped. Episode 8. Sierra is complaining about how Lindsay is talking to... Or sorry, talking about Austin coming for her birthday. So this is the start of the whole Austin-Sierra-Lindsay love triangle thing. Meanwhile, Paige is at her apartment and Craig's visiting. So this is, you know, sometimes they go... And show them in their apartments during the week um and Paige says to Craig she would never ask him what are we because she's not one of those girls who asks that and that she thinks it's kind of loser-ish okay so I guess Paige is the girl's girl right um I mean there are just so many moments like this with like between like Sierra saying, I'm not a girl's girl. Paige being like, oh, girls who ask that are loserous. Like, so much judging of the way other girls approach their relationships with guys. Like, the way, you know, the way they judged how Hannah was so into Luke. The way they judged, uh, you know, the way Lindsay operated with Carl. Everything. Like, it's just like, that's just saying you're a girl's girl and having female friends is not enough right? It's the actions that you do, okay? Just because you sit around in bed with three or four girls that you happen to get along with, that doesn't mean you're more of a girl's girl, okay? And Lindsay not having as many female friends in the house doesn't necessarily make her less of a girl's girl. It just means that she's not fitting in with this particular group, which does happen, and whose fault that is, we will get to. So, Paige has now confirmed her relationship or situationship status with Craig. She tells the girls on the drive up that she's, you know, she's not into Andrea anymore. And Sierra says it'll be interesting to see what Andrea's personality is now that he's not obsessed with you anymore. Okay. Like, that's the other thing is, like, the, the ego like he's obsessed with you that's his whole personality like calm down um Sierra lays claim to Austin says it's annoying that Lindsay keeps saying how he's coming for her birthday um you know says you know sh- I'm not over him I mean Lindsay's not over him either to be fair and to, also to be fair he is coming for Lindsay's birthday like he says that so in the car meanwhile In a different car, Lindsay and Danielle are driving up. Danielle asks Lindsay, like, what's your status with Austin? And Lindsay says she hasn't seen him, so she doesn't know. But she was annoyed with him during Winterhouse because he put a girl that he had just met, Sierra, over her, who he had known for three years. To be fair, in this conversation, that's the only mention of Sierra. Whereas in the other car with the girls, they talk about Lindsay a lot more. And they really make the whole thing about Lindsay, how Lindsay's annoying. She keeps talking about how Austin's coming for her birthday, this, that, the other, right? Whereas Lindsay and Danielle are more focused on talking about Austin and how Lindsay's mad at Austin because of what he did. Just saying. So Paige was all about Lindsay at Kyle's birthday. Like they were really bonding and having fun. But now that Sierra's kind of salty about Austin, Paige kind of... Goes to back to being bitchy about Lindsay when she gets to the house. So, I mean, it's just like this clique mentality like, whoever she's mad at, I'm mad at too, no matter what, right? So, they ask where Austin is staying, and Lindsay says, I assume in my room. (laughs) It's clear that Lindsay is like purposely being bitchy here and laying claim to Austin because you know she doesn't want him to hook up with Sierra. It's awkward. Um, but at the same time, they, both girls have sort of, I don't know, like he's not like a object, certainly not that great of one. They both have some claim. Lindsay did hook up with him first. She's known him a lot longer. He did kind of ditch her for Sierra. And then on the other side, Sierra kind of has the right to feel like he already did his thing with Lindsay, he was over it, and I'm the more recent one. So like I can kind of see both sides of this and like many have said, and uh, like is reinforced after me watching this, Austin is really the one to blame. Anyways, so Lindsay's definitely more aggressive about it though, Like whereas I feel like Lindsay feels like she has to pursue, pursue to get what she wants. Whereas Sierra kind of expects, if I like a guy, he better be obsessed with me, right? She kind of has that attitude. Austin arrives. First thing he says, where's the birthday girl? So, okay, clearly he was coming for Lindsay. So she wasn't wrong about that. Again, saying it was kind of rude because she was, because Lindsay kept saying it over and over again. So she was clearly like trying to lay claim. Um, But Sierra and Lindsay both give Austin like extra long hugs. It's very awkward. He is the problem though. And to be fair, he does seem more excited to see Lindsay, if I'm being honest. Sierra goes right into talking about Lindsay with Austin. Lindsay doesn't. She just more talks to him about, you know, her birthday and all that. She doesn't bring up Sierra. First thing Sierra says is like, you're not staying in Lindsay's room. He says, I thought there was an extra bed anyways. Um, and then Lindsay later says she thought Austin would sleep in her room. Austin says, no, it's okay. I'll stay in Andrea's room and play it by ear. So, I mean, it is clear that he's kind of sending mixed messages to both women. But Lindsay is aggressively staking her claim to Austin. And Sierra in her confessionals says she doesn't feel like it's a contest. But clearly she does because she was just complaining about Lindsay saying he wanted you know, she wanted him to sleep in her room and like she's coming for his birthday. And then the first thing she says to Austin is you're not sleeping in her room. So clearly you are participating in the contest. So is Lindsay. They both are. So Austin and Lindsay go out on a dinner date alone. And Austin goes on about how hot she is. He's talking about her boobs. Like he's really changed his tune now that Sierra's not around. Okay. Lindsay tells Austin about how she's having her hot hub summer you know, Austin is like, that's amazing. You could tell he's like, this is what he's looking for, is a girl who wants to just have fun, who's not wanting anything serious, who just wants to party. He also says, on the other hand, he doesn't like disappointing people, which I'm sure means Sierra. <laughs> Back at the house, Luke says, so Austin came up here for Lindsay's birthday? And Sierra says, well, she invited him and he said yes. Okay, so so the answer is yes, Sierra. Sierra goes on about how, again, still going on about how Austin is not staying in Lindsay's bed. And Luke asks if Sierra and Austin are dating. Sierra says no. So Luke asks, so why does it matter if he stays in Lindsay's bed? Fair question. And Sierra just says, because I said so. Okay, this is off to a good start. Amanda jumps in and says the conversations that Sierra and Austin have had have alluded to more so, it would be uncomfortable for Austin to stay in Lindsay's bed. However, she's not wrong about that. However, Lindsay can say the exact same thing. Okay. She's been talking to him for much longer, three years before he even Winterhouse. And on top of that, she told Austin she was in love with him before he'd even met Sierra. Or, well, maybe he'd met her, but before him and Sierra ever even went on a date. Luke chimes in and says, well, he felt the same way in Vermont when Sierra started hooking up with Austin right in front of him. Okay, Luke. Um, Luke is very, like, salty the last couple seasons because they really tried to make him out to be, like, evil. I mean, he kind of has the right to be. Like, Hannah really tried to drag him through the mud, but he often is correct that a lot of times the girls on the show are doing exactly what he's doing. And when they do it, it's like, you know, we're the best. And when he does it, it's like, you're the devil. So Sierra says, basically, stop acting like a victim. (laughs) And Luke starts getting upset, says he was like, treated poorly, labeled season five. Paige says, well, we don't accept that as an argument and just deal with it. Now, I kind of get what Paige is saying. Like, there are a lot of double standards and women put up with most of them and women put up with a lot more, you know, discrimination and labeling and stuff that men do. So it's kind of like deal with it. But I also understand that Luke was like, Luke felt like this is a show about single people and we're all dating each other and I shouldn't be the only one who sort of sticks out. You know, I could make an argument though that Kyle and Carl had to go through that too, right? So it's a little bit like, "Mm." but I see, I do see both sides in this sense. Um, Danielle says, from what she knows, Austin and Lindsay are platonic for now, but that could change. And she says that straight up to Sierra and them. That could change. So it's not like shocking that Lindsay and Austin still have some something for each other, whether it's only physical or what. It's still, there's something there. Um, back at dinner, Austin, back at the dinner between Lindsay and Austin, Austin says he just wants to have fun. But he says, is it, you know, if I just have fun with you, is it going to be weird or like I'm rubbing it in Sierra's face? So, you know, clearly he wants to hook up with Lindsay. And Lindsay says, well, I wouldn't worry about it because she's been into Carl and Alex this summer, which is true. That's why I brought it up before. She did make out with Alex and she did make out with Carl and she has expressed that, you know, Carl's hot and whatever. And Austin tells Lindsay what Sierra said about the sleeping situation. And Lindsay is obviously annoyed by this and says, I just want to have fun and that she doesn't think that Sierra should be giving Austin instructions on how he should act. And Austin's like, no one can control how I act and like tries to like be cute, but he's not. Anyways. Everyone meets up at a restaurant later and literally Austin walks in with his arm around Lindsay and it's really awkward. I mean, he's loving this. This is what pisses me off the most. He's got such a smug look on his face and like, he's like, two hot girls want me. I am, you know, like, I don't think he ever imagined himself in this position on a TV show with two girls who are way out of his league. Anyways, so he immediately starts complimenting Sierra about how hot she looks and then he's like I'm so fucked up like oh he's the worst and then he puts his hand on her ass and they start kissing okay (laughs) now at this part I'm kind of like okay I think Lindsay's the one who should be mad um and I don't know why Lindsay in Sierra's view and Amanda and Paige why Lindsay's the devil in this situation Lindsay and Sierra are both playing this game right? Like, they're both doing the exact same thing. They'll, you know, Lindsay will walk in with him with his arms around her. She'll make out with him at her birthday later. Sierra will also make out with him in front. Like, they are both playing this game. But I mean, it's like, there's always the narrative that Lindsay is always like the default bad guy. And again, it's because she's not in the girl clique. And Danielle just doesn't have enough of a presence on camera to like she does later obviously in this season but she's often like just kind of plays like more of a background sidekick they go home sierra basically tucks austin into bed nothing happens the end then we get Lindsay's b-day she makes out with austin as we all know this is like the makeout heard around the world because everybody is you know it causes all this drama even though like sierra just kissed him as well anyways but there's for some reason there's this like assumption that Sierra has more of a right to Lindsay and I think that's where the conflict this season came from and that conflict was the audience I remember was mostly in agreement that Sierra didn't have more claim to Austin than Lindsay but that Lindsay still made mistakes as well like I remember that being a lot of the conversation that Lindsay did like try to rub it in Sierra's face but that Sierra also didn't you know, really consider Lindsay's feelings in Vermont, so she kind of had it coming. So that was, like, the conversation was pretty equal across the board. Like, I remember that was what most people were talking about on Reddit, on on Twitter, all that. And, you know, I put up Twitter roundups for that season. There was not a lot of arguing. People were pretty much in agreement. So I think that's the weird thing as a viewer watching this season, is that we're like, what's, why is It's like Sierra, Paige, Amanda, they, it's like they expect to be the victims and that someone else will be the villain rather than kind of thinking more about the nuances of the situation. So in episode nine, continuing, Andrea and Austin talk and Andrea says Sierra will, and Andrea's like, oh, Sierra's going to be pissed that you made out with Lindsay because she loves you, man. Right. And that's when Andrea says his famous like drama line. Lindsay tells Danielle that her and Austin made out, says Austin said he has had this relationship, the relationship conversation with Sierra ad nauseum, and has made it clear to Sierra that he's not looking for a relationship. He wants to be single. He wants to have fun. I believe that. However, I believe Austin probably said that, yes. But do I also believe that he probably did and said things that would go against that message and confuse sierra also yes because he this guy is really playing with everyone but i mean that being said austin kind of makes Lindsay feel like it's okay like i've told sierra clear as day i don't want a relationship i want to be single i want to have fun and so Lindsay says like i don't think there's anything wrong with us making out so sierra is meanwhile crying because Austin doesn't want to talk to her about their relationship and because because she's like trying to get Austin to talk about the status of their relationship basically but he's which I don't know why she's doing it at this party everyone's drunk it's ridiculous and Lindsay she's also upset because she feels like Lindsay well she says Lindsay doesn't even care about me so Austin and Sierra talk in the kitchen and he is clearly like beyond inebriated he's drunk. I think he's on other substances. That's just my opinion. I don't have facts on that. He said, because even the stuff he says is like not stuff he would have said sober, I don't think. But he even says like, I'll probably make out with Lindsay for the next 25 years. And he's basically like laughing and gloating like right to Sierra's face. And she's like almost in tears. Like it's, it's a sad scene. I did not like rewatching it. So Sierra's, obviously upset and you know later and but she doesn't like she doesn't blow up or express any anger at Austin it's more sadness which I I can understand that but I think that's why a lot of the viewers kind of felt less empathy for her when later she goes and it comes out as anger towards Lindsay because it's like well where was this anger when you were face to face with Austin and he was literally laughing and gloating in your face whereas Lindsay was you know, just drunk at her birthday party. Like, yes, she made out with Austin, but she didn't do it in front of Lindsay. But, i sorry, in front of Sierra, but obviously it got back to Sierra. So um, Sierra tries to confront Lindsay, and this is, like, right after they do their happy birthday and their cake. And if you remember this scene, it's when Lindsay, like, tries to walk away and is like, no, no, I'm not doing this. It's my birthday. I'm just having fun, right? And then Paige loses it inside, and is like, Lindsay's diabolical. She calls her a bitch, which we know Paige just loves to call other women bitches. Says, uh, fuck you to Lindsay. Lindsay's hammered, like hammered, (laughs) but she actually stays calm and just kind of like stares at her. Like, you know when you're like really drunk and you just kind of stand there and you're like, what's happening? That's kind of the look she has. And then Paige says, this whole conflict is because Austin and Lindsay like each other and won't admit it. I mean, she's not wrong, but why do they have to admit it? Like, the to me, the only person that needs to admit, I guess, Austin needs to admit it. Like, Austin needs to say to Sierra, I just want to have fun. I just want to hook up with Lindsay. And I'm more into Lindsay right now because she does, she 100% doesn't want anything serious from me. And you do. Like, it is clear that Sierra wants more. And Lindsay might want more, but as, an outsider or a guy may actually believe she doesn't because she plays it much better. So, you know, Danielle starts yelling about how this is all, all Austin's fault. C- Sierra says it's both their faults because Lindsay did all this out of spite, which I think that's partly true. Like, I think she was pissed that Austin went for Sierra and that, you know, Sierra like went for Austin, etc. cetera, when she was interested in him first. Yes. But I do think it's mostly because she just is kind of boy crazy. Because later, Lindsay does even say, like, at the end of the season, that she's going to marry either Austin or Carl. (laughs) So, like, I think Lindsay feels like, if I play it cool and I have fun, then Austin might just end up choosing me on his own. And if he doesn't, I'm also, I'll get over that too, right? And Lindsay's almost like, that's her strategy. So Lindsay goes out on the porch and then kisses Luke as a joke, just to show um, everyone how much she doesn't care and she's just having a fun summer. Lindsay comes in. Paige and her argue because um, Lindsay's like, "I don't like being called a bad friend." Because I guess Paige said she was a bad friend. They have a confrontation. I mean, Lindsay's not really being a good friend to Sierra, so I'm not sure why she even brought this up at this point. Like, you can say you have as much right to Austin as Sierra does, and that Sierra maybe owes you an apology for Vermont. Or, that's all fine, but like, you can't stand here and say like, "I'm such a good friend to Sierra." <laughs> Um, but the reverse is true, too. Um, Paige also says, this is so weird. Paige is like, you know what, Lindsay? I've stuck up for you all weekend. And I was like, what? Like, does Paige believe the BS that comes out of her mouth? Like, I that was crazy. They were both really drunk. They're kind of like yelling at each other. It doesn't even make sense. For the record, Paige yells as much as Lindsay does. It is very even. So I again, like, I have seen Paige yell and call people names as much as Lindsay since the beginning of the series, and Page has been on for a shorter period of time. The only difference is that Page also name calls. So just saying. Later that night, Lindsay comes home with a new guy, and that's when Page says her famous brothel comment. Um, and the girls seem like offended that Lindsay, like, isn't obsessed with Carl. Like they are uh, sorry Austin. Like they're almost offended. Like. Like, it's a deliberate attack on Sierra. Like, she went out and found this guy, and she's going to sleep with him just to bother Sierra. But here's the thing. I I don't think Lindsay's thinking about it. Like, I think Lindsay's just... I. It's my birthday. I got drunk. I want to get laid. This Austin thing is getting too complicated, and it's, like, more trouble than it's worth. And look, this hot guy's here. I really think that that's it. Whereas the other girls, like, all... Like, Lindsay lives rent-free in their head, as the saying goes. All right, so let's go on to episode 10. Um, So this is where we get the prenup storyline. Uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I thought it was crazy that Kyle was trying to accuse, like, Lindsay and Carl of having, like, a made-up produced storyline, Um, talk about a made-up produced storyline. It is such BS that I'm supposed to believe that like three weeks before their wedding Kyle's all of a sudden trying to make arrangements for a prenup like when he owns this company that like Amanda literally quit her job five years ago to be a full lover boy employee and is in charge of like all their media and stuff like it's just it makes no sense. So just, you know, goodbye, Kyle. So Amanda, Paige, and Sierra also talk this episode. Sierra cries about Austin, as usual. Amanda says she doesn't even blame Lindsay, which is funny because really kind of echoing the audience uh, opinion, which Amanda didn't know, but Amanda's like, I don't even blame Lindsay because she really doesn't care, which, yeah. But then Sierra gets upset and so does Paige. And they're like, no, it is Lindsay's fault because she's evil and manipulative. And Paige co-signs this. And it's like, Amanda must comply. So this is what I'm talking about from before. It's like Amanda and Lindsay generally seem to get along. But then when these other girls are around, like Amanda gets sucked into this like clique, like mean girl group mindset. And it's like she feels like she can't, even though her opinion is different from theirs. she tried to express it. And they like bite her head off. Um, then we have the big fight that night at the Italian dinner. So, again, this is brought up by Sierra. She starts lecturing Lindsay about how she's manipulative. You know, we all remember the speech. She isolates her victims, like a lot of really rude and extremely sexist things that you would that some most people just would not say it to a guy. Even though it's funny because Austin is the one who's kind of guilty of everything Sierra says in this lecture, Austin's guilty of. Yet, you know, Lindsay's taking the brunt of it. She says Lindsay doesn't consider her feelings at all. And Lindsay responds, well, you didn't consider mine in Vermont. Um, and then she also says, listen, when I made out with Austin, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about you. Um <laughs> She, you know, basically says, "I was just having fun, and I still don't think I did anything wrong." And then we all know how the dinner ends, because Danielle, you know, Danielle, Danielle gets involved. She really shouldn't have, but you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Um, but Danielle, at the same time, like she, she gets involved because I think she's just, and I, and I do get it. She's so frustrated that Lindsay is being painted out to be the villain when really this is austin's thing and that you know sierra just has to kind of get over it like it's sort of time for sierra to say this guy is a a bad guy he's been messing with me he's been messing with Lindsay, and that's it like i think that's the point danielle was trying to make obviously they they both lost their tempers and we know what happened so i'm gonna skip a little bit ahead to episode 12 so Sierra is still talking about, you know, they've kind of, they've mended things after the Italian dinner, um, you know, Sierra and Neil kind of, they, there's an apology. They sort of put a pin in it and, you know, are civil. Okay. Then in episode 12, you know, but like Sierra has not moved on. She's still talking about how it's weird for her that Lindsay is guy jumping, And that it's so weird that she's really into this new guy that she met a week ago, who is a friend of Oliver's, by the way. Why is it weird for you? What does it matter? Like, you're not with Austin and Lindsay's not with him either. And she's moved on to a new guy. Isn't that good? Isn't that like, I would think that's what Sierra wants. Now, like, hey, you know, it's heyday now. You can go after Austin full force, Um. And that's what Lindsay does. Like, she approaches these relationships full force. And I do somewhat think this is the difference between, again, these girls are so different in how they handle conflict. They're also different in how they handle men. And a lot of that is because of their age differences. Like, Lindsay is over the phase of, like, I'm going to, like, be the cool girl who, like, is going to pretend she doesn't even want a relationship. And then, like, he'll see how cool I am and then he'll want me. Like, that's how Paige and Sierra kind of play it. Whereas, like, Lindsay, yeah, she's 34. She knows what she wants. She's not afraid to admit and say, I want this. I want that. If you're not going to give it to me, I'm not going to wait around for you. I'm moving to the next guy. Right? And she's like, and if I like you, I'm going to tell you. I'm in love with you. I like you. Let's go. Right? <laughs> so she goes, like, full speed. And the other girls, like, they, they're they like, whoa, when she does that. Right? which is fine. Like, that's not their style. They're in a different phase of life. But that doesn't mean that the way Lindsay's doing it is necessarily wrong or the way they're doing it is wrong. It's just different. So Andrea also talks about, because he cried at the Italian dinner, our poor little Andrea, and how he's sad that he lost Lexi. He had real feelings. I kind of got the impression that maybe he had feelings for Lexi and Paige and he knew he had to end the relationship with one of them in order to pursue the other and he decided to pursue Paige and then maybe realized that that was a mistake when he got to the house and realized oh she's really into this Craig guy and I guess I don't really have a shot and then I bet you he regretted you know the good thing that he had and maybe he realized you know what Lexi was a better fit so when he expresses his sadness over this like Paige really annoyed me here she jumps in and makes it all about her and she's like wait a minute I thought you were into me. I almost stopped talking to Craig. Like, that's what she says. And it's like, first of all, no, you didn't. She never almost stopped talking to Craig. The only reason she, her communication with Craig ever went down was because she found out he slept with Kristen and she was upset at him. But that was not for Andrea. And the only reason she went and made out with Andrea and all that after that is not because she had stronger feelings for Andrea, and she was going to dump Craig for him, it was just to make Craig jealous and to kind of like even the score, which is exactly what she did. So that really pissed me off. And I also feel like Paige was like almost like offended that Andrea could like another girl more than her. (laughs) Like I really got that impression. Even Danielle chimes in though and she does kind of like defend Paige like he says. she says the timeline doesn't really add up because he said he had feelings for Paige it's kind of weird that Danielle jumps in on this though I don't know why she's getting involved here like again she why is she always jumping in with people's relationships I'm just saying so Paige says she feels like totally used like as if she she literally says on camera that she's gonna make out with Andrea to get back at Craig so I like, I don't know why Paige would even beat this drum because it's just making her look like such a hypocrite. Lindsay actually takes Andrea's side and she's like, well, what's the difference right? Like she actually points out the hypocrisy and then Amanda jumps in and she's like, well, you guys are just covering up for something else like to Lindsay and Andrea and argues with her about how her actions affect others and then it turns into like this big argument at the table and a and of course Amanda starts, the more heated part of it and then walks away crying as as Amanda does and then she's like I didn't mean for this to turn into a huge drama like that's what she says while she's bawling like so then shut up so (laughs) Carl comes over and asks Lindsay if she's okay he seems really concerned and Lindsay is kind of annoyed that everyone's concerned like she's like I'm an adult I can do what I want like, what am I doing? I'm just dating around. Like, I'm not doing, you know, she, like, she's like, I'm not doing something dangerous or I'm not like, you know, jumping off the top of a building without a parachute here. So then Amanda and Lindsay have their quote unquote talk. You know, they work it out. And Amanda says, like, if you keep giving away pieces of your heart, y- you won't have anything left. That I'm sorry, that doesn't make any sense. Like, that's like saying a per- like there's like a finite amount of love a person can give. So you're going to tell a parent that has eight kids that there's only... Oh, I guess the, I don't love the last five. I ran out. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so back at the house, I mean, it really feels like Amanda's just, like, reaching and kind of just using, like, Lindsay's miscarriage and all this stuff as, you know, as a way to get involved with the drama and be on camera. So back at the house... Um, Lindsay is trying to get Maya to come out with her and Danielle to Montauk. So just, again, to give another example of Danielle and Lindsay trying to involve the new girl, saying they can introduce her to people. Um, so, you know, they are trying to be inclusive. And episode 14, I got to give Kyle some credit here, which sometimes I hate doing, but I don't mind Kyle. He pisses me off a lot, but then ugh, he always redeems himself. It's annoying he's melting down though episode 14 because he's and he's like really acting like a child but he's like no one is checking in on me right like he's like I'm having such a hard time I'm in four million dollars of debt like he has this big speech and Danielle and Carl do go and check on him like he walks away from the table and the girls are just mad at him like Amanda and Paige and Sierra and whatever whoever they're all just kind of like ugh Like, he acts like such a child. Like, he's such an asshole when he gets angry. Whereas, like, Danielle and Carl actually get up and they're like, listen, you... Something is happening. Like, you are not... You're losing it for a reason. And he says, like, no one... He's going through a really tough time in life and he feels like no one's there for him and no one's checking for him. And, like, I kind of think he's right. The way he handles it is wrong. He acts like a jerk. And he certainly has, like, a two-year-old type temper tantrum but at the same time like he is going through a tough time and you know it doesn't seem like anyone really cares <laughs> um, except Amanda so you know Carl and Danielle are like okay you know sorry we should check in on you so in episode 15 Craig shows up to surprise Paige at their prom party which is nice um, Lindsay and her talk you know, they kind of, like, mend things. Lindsay says, you know, what you and Craig have is so special. I want what you have. And Paige is really supportive and says, um, like, yeah, you know, you're going to find it. And she says, you know, that's why I didn't want you jumping from guy to guy. Um, she's like, but, you know, I know you're just trying to find that feeling. And they have, like, a really nice heart to heart. They hug. They say they love each other. They laugh. Um, and then Lindsay kind of makes a joke and says to Paige, you know what, I'm going to end up with one of two guys. Uh, Paige guesses Carl, can't guess the second one. Lindsay says Austin, which is obviously controversial. And then Paige laughs and says, okay then, move to, Charl- move to Charleston. Don't tempt me with a good time. Oh, okay. So now Paige wants Lindsay to be her friend and move to Charleston with her. Mm-hmm, okay, I see you, Paige. At the end of the day... You know, if Paige needs a favor and she needs a friend so she's not alone in Charleston, she's, you know, she's willing to change her tune. So then let's go to the reunion. So at the reunion, Paige is like Two-Face, completely different at the reunion than we just saw her. that, That was at like the finale. And like she is like, I don't know how to describe it. She is salty AF right? This is the reunion where she's sitting right next to Andy and her back is sort of facing Lindsay and she will not look at her. Is that because she's ashamed? That's what I would hope because she should be because she acted completely different to Lindsay's face. Then, she- I mean, this is Paige's issue. Is she such a, like, she's such a so snarky and opinionated and loves to say things about people in her confessionals you know says nothing all season unless it's like just gossiping in bed with other people and then at the reunion comes and she's you know such a tough guy all of a sudden so Carl does make that point and he says you know Paige is really different to Lindsay's face than behind her back and I'm sorry but it's true anyways it's weird that she's so salty with Lindsay because nothing even happened with her and Lindsay like I get that you know, Paige is Sierra's friend and she's trying to back her up. But I mean, it's like the amount of attitude Paige has does not even match what's going on and what's gone on. Paige, so they start talking about like, what's the difference between, you know, Lindsay hooking up with multiple people and Luke, who also hooked up with multiple people this summer. And Paige is like, well, Lindsay had a miscarriage. Now people I remember, the audience was pissed about that comment because it's like, Stop trying to use that against her. And this is my biggest issue is that this group will use anything to villainize or to try, not even villainize, to try and justify their own, you know, illogical reasoning. Kyle says, you know what, I wrote this down because it's so different than what we saw in the most recent season. Like Kyle says, Carl has done a 180 for Loverboy. He's an asset, not a liability. He goes and travels to places on his own and takes initiative, which is extremely different from what he says literally at the beginning of the next season. So I found that interesting because I'm like, is that like Kyle kind of pulling an Amanda page? Sierra move, like, where he's just, like, kind of making something up to have drama. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe, like, after the reunion, all of a sudden, Carl stopped working as hard. I really... I don't know. But anyways. So Paige starts going on about how there's, like, a hierarchy in the house. And when she came out, the energy was stifling because Danielle and Lindsay are so hard to approach. And that's why the new people are friends with them and not Lindsay, I can't, like, none of that stuff. None of that's true. She came into the house, and like I said in my season three recap, I rewatched it. She came in. They were all chatting. They were friends right away. They were in the bed talking. They were going out one-on-one. Like, I, I just, it makes no sense. And there's been other new people since then who've been not included with Paige, Amanda, etc. There's been people who've been included but it's taken a little bit longer which in my opinion is normal Paige says she gravitated to that's why she gravitated towards Amanda when she came in um what when she came in she was introduced as Amanda's friend like Amanda was like oh thank god my friend Paige is coming this summer so I'm not on my own and they seemed like they already knew each other really well so like none of this makes sense I really wish Andy had pushed some of these points a little more Andy asked Sierra why she didn't pursue things with Carl she says, and I think, I didn't notice that this at the time, but I really think this is shade at Lindsay. She says she wouldn't want to be with a sober person unless she's sober. And she would feel so bad to be drunk around him when he's sober and she would never want to come between him and his sobriety. And she's like looking at Lindsay when she says this. Because at this point, Lindsay and Carl are together now. So there's kind of this implication as well that, you know, Lindsay's not doing right by his sobriety, first of all. And then there's also the implication that if Sierra wanted him, she could have had him. But, you know, she didn't want to because she would rather do the moral thing, unlike Lindsay. Anyways. So also, by the way, like literally everyone has no problem being hammered around Carl all summer as his close friends, including Sierra. But anyways. So Andy asks if Lindsay knew sparks may have been flying between Carl and Sierra Lindsay says that she heard that they kissed but she didn't hear that sparks were flying Paige nods sarcastically like she's trying to somehow communicate that you know it's Lindsay's fault because she got in the way but the only moment that Sierra and Carl had all summer was when they were at that party that they had and they did the drunk blindfold kiss besides that like I there was nothing else so Anyways, I, however, there were a lot of clues that Lindsay and Carl were starting to like each other. So Sierra brings up how Danielle and Robert broke up multiple times over the summer and how he said a final goodbye to her and Maya in the kitchen like he was never going to see them again. Danielle denies this. Now, the reason I bring this up is because Danielle seemed to have, you know, big problems in the most recent season with Lindsay and Carl you know, hiding their relationship and their fights. But, like, I don't... Okay, why would Sierra make this up? Like, it's such a random thing to say. And even Maya's like, yeah, no, he said bite us in the kitchen. And, like, I'm not going to see you guys again because we're broken up. So, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards believing Sierra and Maya because I just don't... Like, I don't see why they would make that up. And, yeah, so... Anyways, Danielle's like, well, we get into fights sometimes. Like she kind of tries to like justify it a bit, but it sort of seems a little, I don't know, it seems a little shady to me. So I feel like sometimes I really feel like Danielle is the one who is having a lot of problems with Robert over a long period of time. And that does seem to, you know, based on what we saw in the most recent season, it tracks. So that, that again is why it's almost like so frustrating how hard she was coming after Lindsay and Carl for not sharing things. Anyway, so everyone comes after Lindsay, right? Like, she's dismissive. Her tone is bad. She's not approachable. Like, they're all saying like that, that about her. And again, like, they're not giving a lot of specific examples, but they just keep saying that. Danielle says, chimes in and says, well, Sierra is not approachable, which that's true. Sierra, Sierra's like, she's hard to read, And she does come off quite cold sometimes, Um, but Sierra says no one listens to her, and Danielle says, yeah, we do listen to her. And Sierra says they don't, and that's why the dinner turned out bad. No, the dinner turned out bad because they did listen to you, and they didn't like what you said. (laughs) Um, Sierra says she was mad about Lindsay's smug look while she spoke, and Lindsay says, I was just listening which you just said you wanted us to listen, right? Carl says Sierra's just mad because she didn't get what she wanted out of Lindsay. Like she was trying to get a reaction out of her and she didn't get it, which uh, facts, like 100% accurate. Um, Paige brings up, and that happened on the most recent season too. They kept trying to get reactions out of her and they get so mad when she doesn't react. Paige again brings up her first summer. Like, God, Paige, get over it. It was like freaking like four years ago. And how jarring it was, you know, that Lindsay brought up the Kyle cheating rumor. Why are we talking about this, first of all? And second of all, she actually, you know, I just rewatched it. Paige goes right up to Lindsay and says, you're being a good friend by bringing this up and telling Amanda. So complete opposite from what she said on camera that season. But I guess, I guess Paige was just being fake. So I guess Paige just lies and is fake. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's all very revisionist history, and it's all, like, nothing makes sense. So Carl snaps back, and this is when he said, like, well, you brought up the psychic and her sleeping with Luke, and, and Paige is like, no, that was Hannah, which, again, like I already said, it wasn't. Um, This is when, you know, they take a little break and there's a bunch of side comments, you know, where Amanda's like, Carl works for us and Carl's tainted by Lindsay and like all these, again, really sexist comments from the quote unquote girls, girls, self-proclaimed. And then, you know, they sit back down. Lindsay and Carl mention that they're looking for rentals or talking about if they should just not even bother and just buy something. Amanda is shook by this comment (laughs) and she's like you guys are talking about buying a house can you convince Kyle to do that too (laughs) and she's like shifting in her seat all uncomfortable I mean and she does not look well and I mean in terms of like the way she's responding to this news so Danielle mentions that she has been very selfish with the whole like Carl Lindsay dynamic and that she doesn't want their dynamic as a group of friends to change So again, there's our first inkling of what's to come. And I really think that that's the fact that Danielle wasn't getting to that place with Robert when she wanted to get to that place of like engaged, married, etc. Her relationship wasn't moving in that direction. And then all of a sudden, her two besties are together and moving in the direction. I think she was she wasn't jealous of them in the sense that she was like, oh, I want Carl. Like, I don't think it was that type of jealousy. I think it was jealousy of the life phases, right because a lot of times in groups of friends when you're around this age of like late 20s early 30s it's not spoken about openly a lot because it's a little bit I think people feel this way but they're ashamed to admit it but it comes out in other ways but I do think there is and not I'm not saying all women but I do think that there is competition and jealousy over who's getting there first Like, it is drilled into women from a young age that, you know, find a man, get married, have babies. And even if, you know, you end up not caring about that stuff, you know, a lot of people do. And a lot of people want, still want those kind of traditional things. And when they see other people around them getting it, it makes them feel insecure, or in some cases jealous, or they feel like when it happens to them, it won't be as special because this person did it first, right? Like, those feelings are real and like they are taboo and tough to talk about sometimes because you don't want your friends to think you're not happy for them. But sometimes if you don't talk about it honestly, it can come out like what happened in the next season of Summer House with Danielle and Lindsay and it can be a complete mess. Right. So in this season, it's like, you know, Danielle mentions that she's feels like she's been selfish and then Amanda chimes in and says, if you buy a house before me, you're dead to me. She literally says that. <laughs> Like, I'm assuming it's a joke, but it's a, it's a little like, oh, oh, okay. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, Amanda is, like, so shook that they might buy a house before her or have babies before her or anything, but, like, she cannot... Because Amanda was ahead in the race, but now she's fallen behind because, you know, Kyle's got a lot more debt and they've got... Their finances are probably a lot more complicated. So, you know, there's that, and then there's... You know, I'm sure Danielle felt some fear inside of her, especially when like she probably thought she was going to marry Robert. And it sucks when you're like, I have to start all over again. And on top of that, it would be a lot easier to start all over again if I had like my two single buddies who were also dating and trying to find someone. And we, you know, if the three of us are all on the same page, then I'm not doing so bad. Right. Because you kind of like. When you're pacing your success in life and when you're pacing your milestones in life, you often compare it to those who are close and are around you, right? And I do think that seeing them all of a sudden kind of jumping to those phases was Danielle's way of being, you know, was where that you're moving too fast came from, even though objectively a lot of other people, including the audience, were like, "Mm, I don't think so. Like, what are you talking about? They're moving. Like, it was just confusing for the audience, Right. So this is how I think we kind of got to where we are. Right. I think the main three things are there's a difference in the ages. Right. I think the reason we're at this like everyone versus Lindsay or it feels like that, even though it's not literally like that, it feels like that because we've got like the older girls who are in a different phase of life who handle men and relationships so much differently and the younger girls who have a totally different perspective on it. Then we have the different ways of handling conflict, right? Lindsay is much more like in your face. Everything should be said to the person's face. I think Lindsay's a lot more conscious of like, if you talk behind people's back, they're going to find out about it anyways on camera. Whereas the other girls, like, I don't think they like, they'll do the face-to-face conflict, but they're not as comfortable with it. I also think that the other girls are, you know, they more enjoy that kind of gossipy sort of talk behind each other's backs and then we'll deal with it later, right? So we've got like, you know, the ways that they handle relationships, the way they handle conflict. And then the biggest thing to me is the milestone discussion, right? It's like, who's going to get to where first? And a lot of that has to do with finding a relationship. And I think it kind of makes people sad because we really don't want to think that, you know, in 2023, this is really all about fighting over guys. But that's not really what I'm saying. It's more about you want to feel like your life and your relationships are moving in the direction that you want it to move in. Right. And you don't want to feel like you're behind and you're not moving in that direction and everyone else is. And I think that that's what really causes in the next season, in season seven, That's what really causes the divide between Danielle and Lindsay, right? Because her issues with Robert, it all manifests that way. And then the other girls fully take advantage of that, right? They're like, oh, we can get Danielle over to our side. So, you know, they obviously took advantage, like I said. But the other thing is that there's also this kind of struggle for, like, who's the queen of Summer House, (laughs) like there is on a lot of these shows. And... I do think that, like I said, when I started part one, Lindsay is kind of, Lindsay became like the default queen of Summer House and the star because she's like kind of messy and, you know, because she, you know, gets mad at people and she has like funny one-liners that she doesn't mean them to be funny. They're just her being real. Like how many sandwiches have you made for me and do not activate me, right? Things like that. And they end up becoming, like, the lines that everyone remembers, right? So she's kind of the star without putting as much effort sometimes. Like, she just is who she is. And I think that really annoys some of the other girls who feel like, well, you know, I'm entertaining too. I'm funny too. And they, I do honestly think that the girls think, like, they're better looking and that should matter or something. Like, whatever, that's a matter of opinion. But I think that they think that we're younger, we're hotter, we're this. Like, I do think there is an air of that happening, but they don't realize that, like, reality TV, what people want is authenticity. People don't, you know, especially Bravo shows where the majority of the audience are women, it's not, this is not, like, we're looking for authentic people who can be messy naturally, who may not always be self-aware, who may make a lot of mistakes and accidents, who may say stupid things that they're going to have to apologize for later. Like we, you know, that's what people are looking for. Right. And Lindsay's one of those people, like she can't really help, but be herself. Even if she is trying to curate an image, like they say, it doesn't really work (laughs) because she just can't help being herself as we've seen over the last few years. She's never been, like, she's been, like, the most popular because of drama. She hasn't been the most popular because everyone thinks she's, like, the perfect good girl and everyone's aspiring to be like her. No. People look to her as the star because she's gonna bring it, right? Same as, like, you know, I'm not, like, watching The Real Housewives of New Jersey and, you know, Teresa Judice is my... Moral compass and who I want to be as a person. No, but she's the star because she has brought so much drama, personal storylines. She says funny things that she doesn't mean them to be funny, like all that kind of stuff. She's like this imperfect, flawed character. Right. So I do think there is like this battle and that the girls just kind of feel like if we could just get Lindsay out of the way, right, we could move into that more stardom space right and I really think that you know it can be tough for them to see now Lindsay with Carl that's going to make them even more of like you know a bravo power couple and I do think that I do think that Kyle and Amanda yes they are a bravo power couple but not to the same level because Amanda doesn't have the same presence I also think that Paige thought her and Craig could be one But I think Craig has kind of screwed it up by just being Craig. (laughs) And people actually, and there was too much of them on TV. Like people got sick of them. So it was just a combination of all these things. So where does the show go from here? Well, I mean, I personally cannot watch another season of The Whole House versus Lindsay. It's exhausting, it's tiring. It's like that last season with her and Danielle, it was so heavy. The audience was so just angry and divided and it was becoming too toxic. So it seems like, you know, we need to either we need to break up the clique. And I mean, this might be controversial, but I feel like Paige and Sierra need to go. I don't think they will, but I, I think they should. I think I would like to see Amanda with, you know, maybe Amanda and Lindsay with some new people or we almost need like all new people to or just to go with Summer House Martha's Vineyard and then have the original cast be more of a show about like their lives of like young people in New York who are, you know, trading in their partying ways for married life and trying to have kids like I could see that being just kind of like what they're doing with the Vanderpump Rules spinoff, where they're going to be like, oh, you know, ditching bottle service for bottles in the valley. Like, same as in New York. Like, you know, they're going to grow out of their kind of partying summer house weekend ways, and they're going to navigate these new, more serious adult relationships. Like, how much longer can we watch kyle who's like in his 40s and the other people are getting older and who clearly are trying to like get married and have kids like how much longer can we watch them do the summer house thing especially now that we have martha's vineyards which is if you haven't watched it you need to watch it right now like finish this podcast and go watch it because it's amazing and way better so we have them who are like young and single. There's only one married couple and they're like very newly married and I, they're probably not going to last. Um, so it's like we have that one. So maybe it's time for the New York summer house to sort of transition to something new. That's the only direction I can see it going in. OK, because we can't if we're going to have Lindsay back. All right. And we're going to have Paige and we're going to have all them back. It's just going to be the same thing over and over. And it's going to be exhausting and boring and it's just not sustainable. So I do hope that they will make some kind of significant change. And if Lindsay and Carl decide to leave the show and we just have like, you know, Amanda and Paige and that group and they add in some new people, I mean, I would be as long as Lindsay and Carl are happy, I'll be happy to see how the rest of the cast functions without them to fall back on. It will be very interesting. All right. So that's all for this Bravo paper. Thank you so much for joining me. I know this was a long journey, a long two-part journey. And I'm sorry that it my second part was late. I apologize for that. But it's just, you know, life. Life gets in the way. So thank you so much. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, please. All that good stuff. And until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend or a hundred friends, whatever you want. You can follow me on Instagram at the Bravo Papers or for my Twitter roundups, follow at Bravo and Botox. If you'd like to support me. Please go to buymeacoffee.com slash Bravo and Botox for some much needed caffeine support. And until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo.